the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Some serve hoping for success while others serve knowing they'll fail. As Christians, we serve knowing we'll succeed, as we'll see today on Truth For Today. Serving in the triumph of Christ. You see, we don't just serve out of service. There is a triumph involved, a a victory, if you will. And that gives us great hope, great courage, and great excitement as we serve in the body of Christ. Hi there, and welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 through 17 today, as we see the success and joy of serving underneath this banner of Christ's triumph. Here's Pastor Phil with more. Here he says, messengers of the gospel will meet with varied responses from their audience. Some will say, what I heard you proclaim, Paul, It's the sweetest thing I've ever heard that God would give Christ to die for sinners and that by taking him as my Savior, I get to go to heaven. That is sweet to me. And another will hear, if you don't receive Christ, there's eternal separation facing you. And Christ is the only way to be saved. Christ is the only one that could do it. And they say, it is obnoxious to me. I can't stand it. I, I go through this because I preach all the time. I'll have people say, oh, a pastor, please get a good sermon next week. I'm bringing my neighbors. <laughs> like I'm not good if I don't bring their neighbors. So. <laughs> but I get it, you know. Please preach a good one. Please, 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 please. And, and you know what? You don't know the danger of this calling. You don't know. They sometimes say, I'm never going back to that church. I thought I preached a nice, sweet message. But they said, it stinks. If that's what church is about, I'm not coming back. What, what you mean? I, uh, I said, if you don't receive Christ, uh, you're headed for judgment. Don't be telling me that. That's archaic. That went out. That, that's rubbish. But, 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 no, no, no. I'm not coming back. The guy in the next pew got saved. Why? Paul, I want you to know, and Paul tells this Corinthian audience, some of you I stink. Some of you, what I'm saying is sweet to you. Some of you are perishing, and some of you are being saved. There's nothing like the danger of setting week by week under preaching and not believing. You will soon get where you cannot believe. I have to know. I had a man in this church for probably 15 years. Went to our small group studies. Was here every Sunday. Was one of the nicest guys you could talk to. 
died without Christ and perished and was a faithful attender, never did profess faith, didn't want Christ, I don't buy it all, but was faithful. He'd help deacons on projects and he would do this, but he died without Christ because he never smelled the aroma of Christ and never found Christ to be dear. He said, it stinks to me. And that phrase, from death to death, it's an idiom that says, it's death from the beginning. The smell is as a, from a corpse. And all you need to do is have a rotting animal, but then take it to a human being. It smells like death to me. You gave me a death sentence. You gave me no hope. Why do you feel that way? You have nothing to inhale Christ. God's never given you faith to see he's God's treasure. And for that very reason, men will spend eternity separated from what they said stinks to begin with. Why be stuck with the God that stinks to you? But us who are being saved, we said, it sounds to me like forgiveness, a warrant to go free. My time has been served. I've been unlocked from the prison of my sins. Another has paid the fine. Another's taken my... There's no sweeter sound in all the world than the gospel. I'm saved by grace. I'm saved by grace. I'm saved through the cross. I'm saved by the blood. Keep telling... Those who know it best love it most. He finally says... And yet with this assignment, I feel totally incompetent. Who is competent? Who's able to do this? You want the job? We'll give you an application. You want to spend your life having people judge you? Hey, that stinks. That's good. We don't like you. We do. You know, some guys, I've heard of you and your different vocations. A lot of times I wish I had your vocation. You don't have to lead people. You just produce a product. You don't have to convince a thousand people of everything you decide to do and have them like you. You just do your job, go home, and that's it. Let's say a PG&E man. I think of that Napa fire, Randy telling me all the men, the hours they were putting in there, and they couldn't get enough men to work. You know, but just think of guy, just go to a job, do it, go home. My dad said, he always told him, don't make me a foreman. I don't want to manage a bunch of iron workers. They're a rowdy bunch anyway. Just, I'll climb the steel. I'll, I'll erect the metal. I'll do my job. But don't make me in charge of any people. Because they're hard to manage. People are hard to manage. Because they've all, they've got a special fragrance they like. And you don't smell like what they want you to smell like. So churches are spreading all the time over some stupid taste buds. We want to be this color. We want to sound like that. We want this. What do we know? Do you love Christ and his gospel and his good news. Here Paul says, let me tell you some things about me. He says, I admit my task is difficult and I feel overwhelmed and I feel incompetent left to myself. So he admits that. We're going to look at that more next week. But I think of Isaiah 6. Isaiah, I want you to preach. Oh, yippee, sign me up. Woe is unto me. I've seen the Lord. Get somebody else. 
Now I'm asking, who will go for me? And if you read the whole chapter of Isaiah 6, it's one of the most depressing chapters in the Bible because he said, I want you to preach so that their heart will get harder, that their eyes will get blinder, and that they will get further from me than they are now. I want to have you preach a message that will judge them. Jeremiah, I want you to preach. No, no, Lord, I'm but a child. Do not say you are a child. You will speak who I tell you to speak to, and you will say what I want you to say. You do it. And I just dare you to read the 52 chapters of Jeremiah and see if you want to sign up. Constantly being pulled out of danger. Wells. I mean, you remember when he went down, the mud's up to his arms? And an Ethiopian finally found some rags and, and got the prophet. This is God's servant. This man's called. You can't mistreat God's prophets. Yes, you can. Paul said, I feel the inadequacy of bearing a message that turns people off. But I'm assigned to it anyway. And then he says, let me tell you two things about me that I know. Number one, I'm doing this sincerely. And sincere comes from the Latin word sincera, which meant without wax. Because when they did pottery, if there was a crack in it, they were very skilled at taking wax and filling the cracks. And you wouldn't know that it had cracked until you put it up by the sun. And as you looked at it, you could see the cracks and you could see the wax. He said, there's nothing fake about me. I'm not artificial. I'm single-minded about this. And then he said, I carry out my mission as before God. I feel commissioned. One of the things I grew up with, did God call you to do this? Has God called you to spread the knowledge of his son? And we would do that with preachers. Son, did God call you? I was in a denomination where I had to be an apprentice for uh, over four years. I had to go. They had three stages. You got exhorters. You had to pass the test on that for two years. Then you were moved up to being licensed. And after you were licensed, then they would consider you for ordination. Is he really called? Does he really have it? Or is this just a passing fever? Paul said, I preach as before one audience. I preach before the living God. There is only one audience ultimately, isn't there? It's what he says. If he says, welcome, good and faithful servant, I don't think he's going to lie to you. If you haven't been good and if you haven't been faithful, he might just say, hmm, the cross got you in. But it wasn't your service. It wasn't your service. A lot of us, he's going to burn up half of what we invested in. It's wood, hay, and stubble. He says, one thing I don't do, I don't adulterate the Word of God. And the translation here, I'm not a peddler of the Word. Unlike so many, we do not peddle the Word of God for profit. It's a good translation. The word literally was used to pouring water in wine because it was a merchant term. And you want to make a better profit. So let's say you've got a, let's take it a quart of wine. Let's add a quart of water. Now, we've diluted it for sure, but we can sell more of it. We can make more money off of it. And it meant uh, putting the best apples on the top and the rotting apples at the bottom. It was a merchandise term. And he said, we're not marketing the Word of God. It's not for sale. 
I preached in a place, I cannot tell you where, where they were telling me about the previous speaker. For a weekend, they gave him $100,000, and they kept him in a five-star hotel, of which the pastor said he griped about his accommodations. We had to move him because that wasn't nice enough. We still gave him $100,000. His empire eventually crumbled. You see, false teachers, there's two things that they're attracted to, money and women. Read Second Peter and read Jew. The false teachers, their eyes are full of adultery. They've always got a vulgar mind going on. And they love money. They'll be where the money is. Sorry, that's just the way it is. I used to always pray, God, when I was a young preacher boy, 16 years old, I said, Lord, could you keep me in three area, areas? Uh, motive, why do I wonder? I'm just a kid. Do you like being up in front? Do you like to just hear yourself talk? Or has God really sent you? Two, your morals. I'm 16. The biggest battle was could I keep my pants zipped? It wasn't talking in tongues. I grew up with tongue talkers. It was being moral. Did you get enough Holy Spirit to have self-control? And then I said, Lord, money. I have to say, I heard preachers always talking about money. And, you know, I have to say, I back off. I have to change my estimation. I used to think, oh, they're in in for the money. That really wasn't true. Most of them were so broke, they had money on their mind all the time. And you know what? If you don't have much food, you're going to think about food all the time. They were just poor preachers. Made five to $8,000 a year. You talk a lot about money, too, if you had three kids and you were making a house payment and you got $8,000 a year. Pay ministers of the gospel as well as you can. It'd be the best investment you can make. But the minister for himself must not be for sale. See, that's... that's uh, I used to hear Howard Hendricks, he'd often say, I would teach at Dallas Seminary for nothing, but don't tell Dr. Walbert. He'll try to arrange it. <laughs> and this is what Paul's saying. I'm not for sale. Matter of fact, Corinthians, I said a minister ought to be paid in 1 Corinthians 9, but when I'm with you, I don't want one cent. I will not take an offering from the Corinthians. I will work and make tents and work with leather, and the church at Philippi will send me an offering. But keep your money, you Corinthians, because you're calling me a crooked preacher. He wouldn't take a dime. Then they used it against him. It's an amazing thing he's saying. In all of it, I am in the triumph of Christ. I'm dedicated to spreading the knowledge of him as incense goes up. I know that to some I stink, To others, my message smells good. And in the midst of all of it, I feel overwhelmed by inadequacy. Yet all I can say is I'm sincere about it. I'm doing what I'm doing as before the living God. And count on this. I am no merchant of the Word of God. I will tell you the truth and I will not water down the Bible. Whatever it says, we say. That was his commitment. I have to say, uh, as you hear the word, remember this. The sun that melts the ice hardens the clay. A.T. Robertson, the famous 
Greek teacher from Louisville Southern Seminary. He used to say, Christian ministry is a dangerous vocation because many times you preach sermons that prepare people for hell. Because as they learn to reject your voice and reject your message, they only confirm their destiny to hell. So you never know today. I don't know what kind of aroma is going out to your ears and your spiritual senses. I've used it before, but I've always been shaken by it. I heard him tell the story when Criswell, who stayed at First Baptist Church for 45 or 46 years, I think he was 80, he was about 86 when he retired, took that church coming from Chickasha, Oklahoma, a little cowboy town out there in the panhandle, and to be called uptown to Dallas was the biggest promo you can get. But he was a, he was a screamer. He, he was a weeper. He's too emotional. George Truett had been a brilliant lecturer, a brilliant elocutionist. He was there for 45 years. George Truett, a orator par excellence, not Criswell. He cried. He begged. He got loud. Didn't fit an uptown crowd. Had plenty of critics. Just stayed 46 years. And he tells the story that I think it was his 25th or his 30th anniversary. The church put on a big bass uh, to celebrate his tenure and, and his long pastorate. The church just grew, boomed, and it was amazing. He had women that uh, donated millions of dollars. You, if you ever were in Dallas, you ought to go to First Baptist Church and see the buildings and the layout. It's, it's incredible. But he said, you know, at that 30th anniversary, I had a Texan come up to me that lived in Dallas, and he came up to me, and he said, Wally, Wally Amos, Wally. He didn't use any holy you know, doctor. To, hey, Wally, congratulations. You've been here for 30 years. He said, you know what? When I was a law student in Dallas, I used to come on Sunday nights and hear you preach. And he said, there were some nights I thought you were going to get me saved. You were so powerful in those days. But he said, you know what? I could sit and hear you all day now and you can't get to me. You, you, you don't bother me anymore. I learned to say no long enough that I can go to church. I'll listen to the music, but I sure won't be taken in by the message. You see, the sun had hardened him. He developed a hard heart. So that I just go hear a man. I want to see if he's got any oratorical ability. He used to have a woman come from Cal Berkeley in the speech department. At Holy Ghost Hall, she came and wrote down my method of preaching. She was desperate for speakers. But she did it. And became a friend. Never, never a believer, but became a kind critic. You know, I know she do this, you do that. And it, I said, I asked her, I said, after you get through critiquing me, did you hear the message? Not really. She's too busy critiquing my style to ever hear the message. And I say to you, are you ice or clay? Will you melt under the word? Or will you get harder every time you hear us? 
had a man in this church for 15 years at least. I may be wrong on that, but it was at least 10 or 15 years. He went to our home Bible studies. He attended Sunday services. He joined in with our deacons when they worked on physical projects. He was there. He was there. He said, Gary, when did you receive Christ? I have not. When are you? I, I don't think I will. I'm, I'm not interested. But this church has been good to my kids, and I'm willing to do whatever I can. Gary, when will you receive it? He died without Christ. He died without Christ. But I want to say to you, I don't care. Larry was telling me that all of America, church attendance has gone down 2 to 5% across the country. And that the nation is in the throes of a lead ceiling of liberalism. And we're seeing that our kids and our grandchildren don't want our faith. They found they've got too many voices coming to them. The average age, Scott and I were hearing a lecture the other night from options for women. The average age of getting your iPhone is age nine. And from age nine on, they're being kidnapped. Their morals, their values. And I ask, who is going to help us spread the knowledge of the aroma of Christ? Father, only you can make your gospel effectual. Only you can make the word of God penetrate hearts. If there's any here that is becoming hard, got me figured out, got the style figured out, but they've never got Jesus figured out. It's Jesus that is the issue. Bow voluntarily to the general and the conqueror of all history. Bow, bow, receive him, and he'll employ you to spread the knowledge of him. Reject him, and you'll be executed. You can't play with Jesus. You can't be neutral about him. You either got faith or unbelief, and there's no neutral ground. There's no neutral ground. You're either for him or against him. Speak to a heart that is weighing, what do I do with this one called Christ? Jesus, what do I do with him? I pray, Father, keep us from being discouraged as we try to evangelize and keep telling of the sweet aroma of Christ in a culture that doesn't find him pleasing. Do not find him appealing because he will make a difference out of them. He'll make a difference out of where they spend their money, where they spend their time, what they do with their body. He will make a difference. And all oh, they need eternal life. They need to take a drink of him who alone can quench the thirst of our soul. Please, Father, if there's anyone here that has said, I've come to this place this message is sweet to me. I want Christ. I want Christ. God, keep me from being hard. Keep me from saying no. If I've heard him knock once, I'm not guaranteed he'll ever knock again. Open the door. Come. Come. Come by faith. Receive the gift of eternal life, which is Jesus Christ. We pray these things. In Jesus' name, amen. 
And you're listening to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we close out our broadcast today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the program encourages you in Christ and how this program is being used by you on a daily basis. Are we just a normal part of your radio listening? Do you tap into our resources available at our website? Have you visited our church? These are things we would love to hear from you. Take a moment, call or write to us today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. You're also welcome to visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Take advantage of the resource materials I mentioned a moment ago. We have several. Again, truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also find information about Valley Bible Church right there as well, who we are, what we believe, worship times, services, and directions to the church. We'd love to have you join us, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Again, that's truthfortodayradio.org. If you're writing to us, our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And then, as we conclude our time together today, we would also invite you to partner with us. This radio broadcast and the many resources that accompany it are available as you partner with us, as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully. No gift is too small, no gift is too large, and you can do a one-time gift or make monthly pledges. No matter, we'd love to have you be a partner with us as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ to the Bay Area and beyond. So contact us today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. And you can also donate online at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another podcast of Truth For Today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.